Whether you're wading through the streams, whether you're walking through the woods, whether you're swimming in the lake, you gotta live life like you should, cause it's coming. Oh, it's coming back to you. Mystery Mondays, oh, it's coming back to you, child. Whether you're working on a farm, whether you're working in a city, whether you're sleeping in a barn or about to get jiggy, oh, it's coming. Lord, it's coming back to you. Mystery Mondays, oh, it's coming back to you, child. Yes, it's coming. Oh, it's coming back to you. Mystery Mondays, oh, it's coming back to you. Welcome once again to Mystery Mondays. Hope you enjoyed our little intro today. That was inspired by my um, good friend down in the bio, Sheriff Hoyt. <laughs> Shout out to the sheriff. Always taking time off, you know, hunting outlaws and and bandits and stuff. To, Shouts to the sheriff. To l- play and uh, showcase some good blues in old school country. Mm-hmm. Hope everyone's had a good week out there. We're going to bring you some fascinating facts again this week. Um, have any of you guys heard of the missing 411? No. The no, missing no. 411. Oh, I should probably say, my cousin Emma's here with us in the studio this week. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming on, Emma. Emma's doing some work experience with us, mm-hmm. um, if you can call this work. <laughs> so, um, Having fun. Emma, yeah, Emma's <laughs> sitting in on Mystery Mondays. Yeah, so you, have, you guys never, nobody's ever heard of the missing 411? I have not heard of it. So I've heard of a 9-11, but that's a... Yeah, that's an emergency in America, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, the missing 411 cases, is, um, there is actually a documentary about it. It's basically all going on about... Um, missing 411 cases are like a compilation of all these different cases that have happened in America where people have just like randomly disappeared so I think that you remember I did that one about that little little boy I can't remember his name now and he oh, like yeah, disappeared and he just disappeared without mm. a trace yeah yeah, Do you remember yeah that? That, and, he, and someone thought they saw that guy that was like yeah. running through yeah but he was just like never found again mm-hmm. and he just like disappeared off the face of the earth even though there were like hundreds of people searching for him and literally like army rangers and everything were like looking for him so I think that would fall under the missing four and one so basically the idea is just that like in America every year especially like in wilderness areas lots of people just like disappear without a trace some of them are like found again and some of them are just like turn up like and they're unharmed. Some of them just like never get seen again. Some of them are found dead. But like regardless, um, it's just there's a lot of like strange, mysterious like mm. disappearances mm. that happen in the wilderness in America, like every single year and have done pretty much since the dawn of time. And um, with like the, as with like the two cases that I'm, I'm talking about today on the 411, on the missing 411, both of these people were um, found again, but both had really strange stories about what happened to them when they were gone really yeah like really really weird and they were both children but it's just like yeah just really bizarre cases on the sort um, of same lines yeah have you ever been in america and had an amber alert no 
Like no. it's so it's so weird when you go what over there. Well, like no a weather? Like, is that like a weather? No, alert? no, no. It's like just missing people. All but right. your phone will just start buzzing. Like you, you'll be like driving somewhere and everyone's phone will just start going off. And you'll be like, "Whoa, what's this?" You look down. It's like an Amber Alert for like a small child. It's like just, that's pretty cool. Just gone the, 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 they can actually yeah text yeah. your. This like fully programmed to everyone's phones mm. that if someone is missing. I know that it also it happens with like um extreme weather like in America and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, so yeah. So there's gonna be a tornado or something. You'll just get like a message like get the shelter now mm. it's like a tornado that's, that's handy mm. it's handy isn't it mm. i remember like jim carrey said that he um he like had this full-on like his life like flashed before his eyes because i can't remember where he said he was it was somewhere like hawaii or somewhere like that mm. and anyway they'd um something had like gone wrong with like the nuclear mainframe and they thought that like they basically thought that it was going to be like a chernobyl type thing but mm. that there was like no way out and um basically everyone got like a like an alert on their phone saying that they were going to like die in like 10 minutes yeah what and it's been like a couple of things like they once they said that there was literally a nuke coming yeah like it just might have, yeah it might have been them. that like a nuke or either that like it was like their nuclear reactor was going to blow up or the nuke was on their way yeah. or something like that and he said that like weirdly because obviously it's strange because obviously it turned out to just be like um, a fault it was all like it, it happened as a result as like mm. a fault, not actually anything like um, oopsie daisy. <laughs> but he said it was like really weird because he said that like you know you never know what you're going to be like in that situation. But he said that he just like sat down on the bed in his hotel room and he just like had this real like overwhelming sense of almost like calm. And he had like his assistant there with him, and he was just like, "Mary, can you text everyone at home and just tell them that I love them?" And um that you know that I'm always going to be with him and everything. he said he just sat there and almost like this weird wave of just like bliss just like ran over him Whoa. and he just like completely accepted his fate and then like randomly like 10 minutes later he just like sat there with his eyes shut and then 10 minutes later it was like on the news suddenly and everything it was like you know like massive massive like false alarm yeah yeah and everyone was just like <laughs> but imagine yeah. how crazy that would be that's like mm. a red alert man that's not even an amber yeah that, that was point. just on like the graham norton show i watched that because mm. i think he just like happened to be like scheduled on like a week after it happened mm. i remember so, when so. that happened and like seeing on twitter that just they'd sent out just this like message and it was literally just like new kinbound like red alert new kinbound or something get under your tables or something like that mm. crazy why why is, i don't understand, i don't understand why it was sent out or like, um, or how it how it could have been? Yeah, Is I mean, it like a test thing that they were trying to do, or like, you know yeah, what I mean? I think it must have literally just been a complete that's, accident. That's bad. I'm surprised, like people that didn't create mass chaos. I'm pretty sure it streets, did. I'm you know? pretty sure it did, but obviously it only lasted luckily about ten minutes. Yeah, mm. and I think it did sort of like people were not happy about it for like weeks, weeks yeah. after. I obviously. would definitely not be happy about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it sketch you out, wouldn't it? Anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about where Lillian Carney went Ooh. when she disappeared on Sunday the 8th of August, 1897. That's right, folks. The ambiance has hit us. I'm excited for this. 1897 as well. It's quite an old one. It's yeah. Good. So there's two little cases today. I, I thought I'd do them both because they're really similar cases and they both fall under the missing 411. And um, I do think the whole missing 411 thing in America is fascinating. So if you guys, anybody out there like today listening, um, likes these stories, look up missing 411. So we'll do Lillian Carney first, and then we'll move on to the case of John Doe. On Sunday the 8th of August, 1897, Mr. and Mrs. Carney decided to go out blueberry picking in the Mullen Bog, which is situated just west of Aroostook River in Marsity, Maine. This entire region is surrounded by dense forests and secluded lakes, and is just 15 miles from the Canadian border. They brought their daughter Lillian with them. She was only six years and five months old at the time, 
and so when she wandered away from her parents, a search party was quickly organised. She would not be seen again for two days, or 46 hours to be precise, and when she was found, she had a bizarre story to tell. As soon as her parents realised that she was missing and that she could not be located after an initial hour of searching around their camp, they called for assistance and were rewarded with an extensive search that lasted until midnight that night. On Monday morning, 200 concerned citizens joined the search effort, combing every inch of the forest, but without finding a single trace of the lost child. The distraught family and their friends ended up staying in the dense woods throughout both of the nights that she was missing. One day later, on Tuesday morning, 300 men turned up to the ever-growing search effort. It was roughly 10am when one Mr. Bert Pollard found Lillian two or three miles from where she had started. Despite being missing for several nights, she was perfectly calm and collected, perfectly clean, and simply asked where her mother was. There were some wild berries in her hand, but she said she wouldn't want to eat them for fear that they might negatively impact her health. Guns were fired as joyful signals, and the steam whistle at the local Simpson Mill sounded to alert people that the child had been found. Aww. Tired but satisfied, everyone returned to their daily business. Yeah, so like nice that That's she nice. actually was found, yeah. then, obviously. Much better than that one with that poor little lad that I read out before. How, how old was this little girl? Six and a half years old. Six and a half. Whoa, and she was just so completely calm. Yeah, this mm. is one of the weird things about it. She was like, every, she was completely fine, she was completely clean. I wouldn't like to eat these wares, but in case it negatively impacts my health. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it? I mean, this is one of the things that's like a bit weird about the case, though, because you think that, like, even like an adult, if you, like, were lost in the woods for two nights, mm. like, that'd be pretty sketchy. Oh, oh man. I know After one night, I'd be sketched out. Yeah, I was saying, I know, like, a lot of adults that would be, like, terrified in that situation. Mm, yeah. Let alone, like, a little girl. You think that she'd be, be definitely eating into my fat reserves. And also, like, I know that my daughter's a lot younger. She's only, like, two, two and a half, but. Like, if she, if she can, like, wander down the garden for, like, mm. half an hour and she'll be, like, covered in, like, mud and stuff. Yeah, Let alone spend, yeah, like, yeah. two nights alone in the woods and, and then just have... be, like, perfectly clean. Yeah, like, that's weird. I feel like kids sometimes have, like, some weird superpower where they almost don't, like, understand the gravitas of, like, a situation. Mm. So, like, for a situation like that... Ignorance that, is bliss, mate. Exactly. Maybe that explains with their... Maybe to her it was, like, a bit of a game and she was almost playing, like, a hide-and-seek sort of thing. I remember when I was in America, I, I hid in in some clothes, uh, like, in a, in, in a mall. <laughs> in a massive mall. I was, like, a baby or really young. And, like, and, like my mum and dad were worried they got the police like like going around the mall and like and you know and everything where about in america was that thought uh, like in florida oh yeah and they they thought um i'd been kidnapped um <laughs> uh, from the mall and um but i was so just I did, you know you get like those clothes rails and they're in circles yeah, yeah, so yeah i was just a little weird little kid and i just like snuck in there and i was just in there hiding you're just like ages. This is <laughs> man i'd be really angry and then i got out and then i didn't know my mum and dad was and i was like oh god been in here a bit too long and literally yeah, looking and everything. I got a slap there so I can tell you that yeah, yeah I'd have been really angry with Evie if she'd done that it's the sort of thing you do when you're a little kid isn't it they're just impish but that's what I mean yeah. you don't think it's a yeah. bad thing but yeah, obviously that's yeah, a really yeah. bad thing so yes yeah, on your point of not understanding the yeah. Yeah. consequences for sure <laughs> anyway getting back to the case so the girl was, fa- um, was found she was absolutely fine um, everyone was obviously ridiculously relieved but when she was questioned about what had happened while she was missing. This is when things like get a little bit weird. She just got like a really weird account of what she said. She simply said that, um, well, you know, people asked her like, you know, 
what did you do in the night time and stuff and like weren't you scared and she just simply said no the sun shined all the time in the woods which has struck many a researcher including expert david paulides who's like become like a he's like devoted his life basically to trying to crack all these like four in one cases and mm. find out what's going on um yeah it struck everybody including david paulides as being extremely odd when asked further about her experience and what happened for the entire two days she was gone she claimed that she had heard some people talking a day previously and a lot of people have presumed that this was the search party that she overheard but she said that she kept still for fear that they might have been what she described as tramps <laughs> oh, might be tramps <laughs> no I didn't go to them because I thought they might be tramps <laughs> disgruntled badger yeah 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 <laughs> She also claimed to have seen little creatures, roughly the size of her cat, but when they got too close, she clapped her hands to scare them away because she thought that's what her parents would have wanted her to do. The local newspaper speculated that these could have been rabbits, but her parents and other people have said, you know, being a six and a half year old girl, she knows what a rabbit is. Mm. Mm. She wouldn't have said it was some weird creature the size of my cat. So it's just all a bit strange, really. It's just like, you know... So according to her, the whole time she was gone, the sun shone brightly in the woods, and there were these strange little creatures the size of cats that kept coming up to her. (laughs) It is interesting to note the similarities between this 1897 case and some of the more modern 411... missing 411 cases. People who are victims of this bizarre phenomenon usually swiftly vanish without a trace and then turn up either dead or alive quite close to where they originally disappeared from. And this is certainly true for Lillian. Another odd link between this case and other missing 411 cases is the activity of berry picking. Mm. Take that as what you are. A lot of people, like, when they go missing, start off picking berries and then just seem to disappear after that. Whoa. This has been noted by David Paulides, the expert, as being a strange constant in at least several of the cases. We also have the manner in which the child seems to have been unaware that anyone was looking for her and remained perfectly calm throughout this whole ordeal despite being missing for four, for sorry for two days and with over 300 people searching and shouting for her in the, like close to where she was found. I would almost say that she experienced something like a jump forwards in time. There one moment and then not there anymore until two days later at 10am on Tuesday morning, Paula Dees said. Where did she go? Well, Paula Dees implied on a podcast called Where Did the Road Go that he is of the opinion that the so-called sun seen by Lillian was actually some sort of artificial light source but where would you have found artificial lights in the forest in the late 1800s the only other thing I I think is could it have been like a full moon and then it might be really bright that's what some people did theorise Um, but then again, I mean, even like even on the, the brightest of full moons, there's a big difference between night and day. Yeah, yeah, like a su- like a sunny day and like a full moon night. Especially yeah. think as well, it's like still if you light, were, but it's very different. Yeah, yeah, and especially if you were like in like um, in, a a, in the middle of a forest, like the trees are probably going to block out mm. a lot of that mm. light, and it's going to be pretty dark. I was going to say maybe she just slept through the night and like didn't see the darkness, but yeah, I don't know. It's not one of those things, isn't it? It's not like it's just a bit weird. Yeah. You know, the fact that she said, like, it was bright, it was like the sun was shining the whole time. And as I said, she's six and a half. I mean, my, my, as I said, my daughter's only two and a half, but I mean, she would, I'd be able to get enough sense out of her. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, a six and a half year old, you'd think, would be able to, you know, would, like, have enough wits about them. Mm. Mm. So the fact that she said it was, like, sunny the whole time that, you know, that she was 
going on uh, these and also just the, the little weird creatures the cat-sized mm. creatures that kept coming up to her. Mm. I just thought that was quite mm. interesting like what, what was that all about and the fact that I said yeah also that she was completely clean and just completely fine and calm as I said I think that anybody regardless of your age you'd be at least like a little bit distraught if you were like lost for two entire days yeah you'd be like freaking it's out a long a time bit. man do you know what it Especially reminds a kid. me a little bit of what's that do you remember the, I remember we talked about this I can't remember whether it was on a podcast or whether it was before mm. a pod like, or, like just, it was ages just ago anyway the breeze. yeah and it was the guy who was with all of the construction workers on the way back and um, a little oh, lumberjacks yeah. or something and yeah. then they saw some lights in the forest so they went in to, to check it out from the side of the road and their friend just oh, disappeared and and like literally disappeared for like two days i think it was it was, oh, it was even longer was i think it was longer. like a week or something yeah, yeah. And like completely and then and then just turned up like completely naked or something in the, in the middle of the woods or, or, or yeah something, I, yeah it? i can't remember if he was naked or not but yeah he turned up yeah, in, in that in that, that in that week <laughs> it, it like snowed heavily so he turned up exactly where he was but then just like in loads of snow and then just sort of like wandered into town and by that point everyone had thought he was like dead Whoa, yeah. and what was his like story I he said he that he'd been. He, he said that he'd been like he woke up in this like straight. He said that he woke up on like a, an examination table, surrounded by these like weird mm. beings, and that he freaked out. And he said that in hindsight, from like what he remembers of their reaction, he doesn't think that he was supposed to have, have woken, woken up. up. It was like mm. you were woken up from a, an aesthetic. Because he said because they seemed startled, and he said no, that there was they like this, really weak as well, didn't they? Or they were really, He like, said that they were physically really weak. So he said he picked up. Um, it almost what it reminds me of is if like we say like tranquilized like a like a gorilla or a chimp in the zoo and then we're like operating them on the table. Yeah, man. And then the chimp woke up without expecting it. Do you know what I mean? And think about how much like stronger the chimp would be. We've definitely not talked about this on the on the podcast. No, me before. and yeah, me and Drew have talked about yeah. it, yeah. but it was like ages ago. But um, yeah, and um, we'll talk about it again. We'll we'll do like a a, a refresh Full breakdown. Cause that, but, yeah, that sounds insane. Mm. That story. But what I, I, what made me think of it as well, like um. When people have you ever like hypnosis and stuff yeah. like when people don't remember things or they they get put under hypnosis and mm. then it will get into the, like the subconscious part of your brain that's like not re- mm. you're not like kind of aware of. I'd be really interested with that, like with yeah. the little girl, or you know, to do. Mm. Um, oh yeah, yeah, because that's what yeah. they. I think that's what he did, like with that guy, because he said he, yeah, he did it. loads that of might, hypnosis yeah. and then it's almost like yeah. it's like reminded him of more and more stuff because at first he like didn't know where he'd been. Mm. But um, yeah, it was so really you like, int- go into a trance when you can get put in hypnosis, and mm. like you're almost like, accessing parts of your brain that you're not normally aware of. And so. they can like leave you with like thoughts. Yeah, they? Of, like they could they could have put the idea in her in the little girl's head of like, oh, I was just walking around and it was sunny the whole time and mm. it was fine. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true, man. Um, yeah, with that guy as well that being abducted. Like I said, we'll talk about it in more depth, but just to sort of like finish off just for today. So yeah, so he said he woke up on this table and he could tell that they were like, in hindsight, that it probably wasn't meant to happen because they seemed like really startled. Mm. And he said he jumped off the table um, and he saw there was almost like what he said described as almost like a clear tube next to him. So he like picked it up almost like to use as like a bat. And he was like, you know, like, what, what the hell are you? Like, where am I? And everything. And he said at first he could tell that they were trying to communicate with him and they had their arms out almost like. And he said when he got off the table, he like mm. pushed one. And he said and it went like flying. So it was almost like they were clearly yeah. extremely intelligent, but they were like really f- weak physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he said they were almost like trying to communicate with him for a second, then realized it wasn't going to do any good because he was obviously just so freaked out. Mm. So he said they just walked out the room and then randomly like like a human just walked in and was just like, everything's fine. But he said in hindsight, it all just seemed like a little bit off. And nowadays he wonders like it probably... He thinks that it's like maybe it like wasn't like actually like a human, but it was mm. like something. Like a hologram. But one Whoa. thing that's really interesting about that case is that he's like he's taken because so many people have just called like bull on it. It's, 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 this was like thirty years ago or something that happened, mm. 
Um, I think his name's like Travis something, like Travis Walton or Travis Dalton or something like that. Anyway, um, so many people have called Bill on it that he's taken like 30 lie detectors or maybe more since the case, since it happened. He's passed every single lie detector Whoa. test. Everything he says, he's like passed every single lie detector test, which is just quite interesting. Like regardless of whatever happened, yet again, it's like a bit with this, it's like... Wherever he was for that week, that was weird. And all of it, and I said, it wasn't even like he was with, like, friends when he disappeared, necessarily. Mm. They were acquaintances, but he was working as a lumberjack, so all the lumberjacks were on their way back into town after, like, a day's work, and they were all just in this, like, the same, like, big pickup truck. So it's not even like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, when you mm. make, make, like, silly schemes with your mates. Like, some mm. of the people he said that, like, were in the truck with him, he didn't even really get on with, because, like, like, I think, like, one of the guys, like, liked his missus and that, and they weren't right. really friends. But, like, everybody in the truck, like, corroborates the story that, like, they saw some flashing lights. Travis, like, got out, walked, like, up to it, and, like, got too close, and then went close, like, almost like a, like, it looked like almost like he got, like, almost looked like a spark of, or, like, a jolt of, like, lightning hit him, but then he Damn. just, like, disappeared. And then he was just That's gone crazy. for like a week, and then they like hightailed it into town, went to the local police department, told them what oh, happened. Oh yeah, because they all went, didn't they? They all went straight to the police. Yeah, department. and they That's like right. didn't believe them, and they went to the area and stuff, and like found some weird marks, but obviously still didn't believe them. And I mm. think even like I think that even like some of them were like apprehended and like accused of murder and stuff. Mm. But Man, then he just turned like up a... and was like, no, they didn't. You know, they haven't done anything. To that's them. like a full like movie plot. Oh, I think that as well. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, That's such a good he was story. on the Joe Rogan experience as well. Yeah, he told his full story on the was Joe Rogan. Experience. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that. Like, I thought it was a bit older. That's that, well, that's no, the story is really old. But he was, yeah, yeah the guy was on the Joe Rogan experience oh, and told cool. his whole story there, which was like really interesting. Oh, nice. That's that awesome, one. man. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really good. It's definitely Travis something, Travis something. But um, anyway, I'll get on with this um, this other missing four one one case. So this one's a lot more recent. This is uh, October the first, two thousand and ten. On October the 1st, 2010, a three-and-a-half-year-old boy that simply is going by John Doe and his relatives were camping by a popular fly-fishing location near Mount Shasta in California. At around 6pm, the child's parents realised their son had suddenly gone missing. According to Mr Doe, his youngster was there one second and simply gone the next. They scoured the area he had, been, he had last been seen in complete panic-stricken horror. After hours of feverishly searching, the little boy still had not turned up. Now desperate, the distraught father decided to call local police deputies and United States Forest Service officers. Rescue personnel combed the forest well into the night, yet there was no sign of their toddler. Five hours after John had disappeared, authorities found him laid down on the brush directly next to a trail that had been previously searched. He appeared to be dazed and in a semi-conscious state. Mr and Mrs Doe attributed this to exhaustion, exhaustion and were simply grateful their little one returned physically unharmed. Medical staff gave full clearance so the freshly reunited family were permitted to return home. Everyone's lives quickly went back to normal, yet only a few weeks later the small boy would share a disturbing tale about what happened while he was missing. One day, John's grandmother Kathy, who he called Cappy, was playing with her grandson. Suddenly, he looked towards her and said that he didn't like the other Grandma Cappy. Confused, she asked him what exactly he meant. John explained that when he went missing in the woods, he had been taken deep inside a mountain, a mountainside cave by a woman he thought was Grandma Cappy. She led him into a cool, dark room filled with motionless humanoids. Scattered across the floor were dusty purses, guns, and various other types of instruments and weapons. As John anxiously faced his grandparent, 
in the cave, he noticed an eerie light that was radiating from her head. In this moment, he realised that she was not the real granny. Then, Cappy firmly instructed the boy to defecate onto a piece of paper. When he refused, she became increasingly agitated and repeatedly requested him to do so. Eventually, the grandma lookalike succumbed to frustration and moved on to a different topic. Allegedly, she informed John that he had been planted in his mother's womb before birth, and that he was not actually his father's son. Shortly after this extraordinary account, she took the boy back outside to a thicket and simply told him to wait there for help. Upon hearing this disturbing story, an outraged Kathy called her son and demanded to know what he was allowing her grandchild to watch on television. Mr. M Mr. Doe lamented that he had heard an identical recollection only a few days prior from his son. Initially, the two chalked it up to an overactive imagination. Yet the more Kathy thought about it, the more John's story perplexed her. What kind of TV show would feature some of the ludicrous topics that the boy described? Even more chilling was the idea that she might have some kind of doppelganger assuming her identity in order to abduct small children. With those particular thoughts in mind, Kathy decided to share a haunting experience of her own, which came to the forefront of her memory after her son, after her grandson had told her this experience. Only a year before, while she was camping, um, in close proximity to where her grandson, John, went missing, she awoke one morning face down in the dirt, like yards and yards from her tent. Somehow she had been inexplicably removed from her sleeping bag inside of her tent and transferred a distance away. Upon waking, she felt an intense pain at the base of her neck, and there were two puncture wounds that were present, and the surrounding skin was red and inflamed. Her friend who accompanied her on the excursion suffered an exact and matching affliction. Well, that's just weird, isn't it? The pair originally attributed these injuries to a possible spider bite, thinking that maybe they were bitten in the night and in a daze they sort of wandered from their the tent place. and then sort of passed out in the mud. But obviously after her grandson told us this ordeal, she's then starting to think like, was there something more weird going on? Mm. After this had happened, both Kathy and her travel companion became violently ill. In fact, she was so sick that she could not even muster the strength to pack her things. Her mind raced as she desperately tried to recall what happened mere hours ago. Only one thing surfaced. Glowing red eyes. While she was drifting into slumber, she remembered seeing several creatures gazing through the darkness of her around her campsite. At the time, she assumed that they were probably just it was probably just a herd of deer. Following this traumatizing outing, Kathy felt completely drained of her creativity and emotions. Several months would pass before she felt like her old self again. Admittedly, Grandma Cappy would have dismissed her episode had John not come forward with his first-hand encounter. Legends and lore pertaining to Mount Shasta have existed throughout the centuries. Indigenous Native American tribes chronicled a fallen race of prehistoric giants that were said to inhabit the region in caves. Others claim beings known as Lemurians use local underground cave systems as entrances to an underground crystalline city called Telos. Some allege a large energetic vortex is present within the territory that is unknown or unexplained by science. In modern times, there have also been a startlingly high amount of UFO and Bigfoot sightings reported in the area. 
Each year, 26,000 visitors flock to the revered mountain from countries across the globe. There have been an alarmingly high number of curious missing persons cases within this picturesque terrain. While John Doe's incident seems unbelievable, it's important to consider the odd history and happenings afflicting the area. Whatever is going on in Mount Shasta, one thing is for sure. There are many instances that have taken place since the dawn of mankind that remain to this day. A mystery. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That was awesome, man. Why, why was he going by John Doe? John Doe is what you call yourself if you don't want to be known to the public. Yeah, I, I knew it was like the anonymous voice, but I was just wondering why. Why you would have come by? Well, maybe you just didn't want to be like harassed. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, and it's like if you're like a female, you go by Jane Doe, don't you? Yeah. Or like sometimes they'll call it as well, like, you know, if they like find, like, say, like somebody that's dead or something, but mm. they can't find any ID, they'll bury them yeah, as John Doe. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, that's weird. I'd like to go to Mount Shasta and see what's going down there. Yeah. Weird, there's like a weird race called Lemarians mm -hmm. going on about like children's poo as well. What was that about? She wanted them to poo on some paper. Yeah. Weird old fake granny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love to think that there's like these underground or the, these cave systems, and like I love it like when we see things, yeah. uh, you know, like cities that get found and stuff. Or like you were saying about that the other day about something. It wasn't was it was it? There's an underground place that's just been found, and it was like oh yeah, with really like all big. the all the tunnels and there was like mm. loads of layers you remember yeah. you were talking about this? I, I literally was reading one about one last night and it was really interesting apparently like during the renaissance period so about like 1500 um, literally there was this like basically like cleaner in Rome who was like essentially yeah that's like housekeeping that um, was like sweeping up and then he accidentally fell into like a like fell down a hole and then um, sort of looked around him and realised that he was in this like intricate sort of tunnel network and then he followed the tunnel to the end, and then came into this like room, this like these like intricate rooms made of pure gold. And then um, when he found his way out, and then like the sort of historians of the day went down there, they'd fact they realised that he'd like accidentally discovered like Nero's Emperor Nero's like lost golden sort of like rooms. Whoa. And he had these like hidden rooms that only like him and his like servants knew the way to, where he would just like lounge and just like. Have these like sit his gold rooms, yeah, and he's like hit, have these like hidden parties and stuff Whoa. like that, and stuff like that, just like you know these like sacred rooms, and like but they were like lost to time, and a lot of people didn't even know if they were even like really real, mm. and he just like fell down this hole one day in Rome. That's cool. And like it had been like you know been like thousands of years since Nero had died by that point, mm. so they just been like so they'd been cool. like lost for like thousands of years, and then he just like fell down this hole and just found these like amazing yeah. rooms. So cool, isn't it? Yeah, that's awesome. I man. love to think there's just these big caves and stuff. It's yeah. Like, Mm. It's weird that they, you know, were saying about like those Native Americans have those tales of like what they called Lemurians that mm. had this like underground city called Telos, mm. Mm. and that there were also like giants, these strange giants that lived yeah, in I've the heard caves. Yeah, Lemurians, because yeah. there was, the, I thought, um, not to be confused with lemurs. Mm. Not lemurs, not those no. pesky lemurs. No, no Lemurians. Yeah, it was like a like a race, like a yeah, like a forgotten <laughs> race, like a bit like Atlantis, but the uh, Lemurian was mm. like another one, you know. Yeah. Mm. I remember like, reading about it ages ago. We'll have to do some more research on it and yeah, talk man. about it some more on the pod. 100%. So weird that there's like loads of these 411 cases as well. Mm. Where people just disappear, turn back up later, and then they've got like some weird story that's happened to them. Yeah, and or as I said, like what's even, the, the most sad ones where like somebody just doesn't ever turn up again. I just think, yeah. like, that, you know, as like a parent, that would be like the worst thing, man. Yeah, like, yeah. like my friend uh, Raul's brother, who we, we met yeah. in Peru, he, his, yeah, his yeah. brother disappeared in Machu Picchu. Um, and just never to be seen again, just a, a hat and a little letter. When you told me about that, I was like, cave. whoa. A letter. Yeah, just a hat, his hat, and like this little letter with some weird drawings on it. 
Um, and he knew it was his brother's hat, obviously. Uh, yeah. yeah, and just to the entrance of this like little cave, like not a deep cave, uh-huh. just a little cave. And then yeah, like they never found his brother again. And like um, Machu Picchu, you've got to go up like a trail. It's like the An- what's it called, the Inca Trail. Yeah, um, it takes about a day to, to walk to. Yeah, to that's a destination. Kind of only that. way to it, and it's quite. You know what I mean? There's not like loads of like woods and stuff. It's like just kind of mountainous and things. So you think that they knew exactly when he went there and everything and. But yeah, just never saw him again. He had, and he had, he had like a UFO sighting with his brother as well, and he said he was like kind of connected with some mm. weirdness. So yeah, Jesus, man, I love this Mystery Mondays now because I feel like it brings out so many little stories that <laughs> we like almost forget to tell on the pod. Yeah, yeah. definitely, you know what I mean? man. Definitely, man. That's such a good story. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. All right, so this has been Mystery Mondays. Hope that everybody um, has a good week. And isn't abducted by um, any grandma lookalikes mm-hmm. or giants or lemurians or abducted by aliens or Bigfoots. And um, hopefully you can join us again next week for another tantalizing mystery. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So long for now. <laughs>